Hello. Please welcome the band to the stage. Stand by while the band loads. Let's help them out by playing a game. If you know this song, finish the line. Ready? Go. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She takes the midnight train going anywhere Great job! 25% ready. Next song. The band is now 50% loaded. Let's keep going. You know you make me wanna shout, keep my Great. Only one song to go. Please sing as loud as you can to get the band to 100%. Good morning, Bridge Church. Good morning, Bridge Church. My name is JJ. And my name is Kai. And welcome to our conclusion of our youth conference summer weekend. Let's make some noise. Yeah. Woo! So awesome. We so have awesome. a lot of fun planned for you today. Yep. We love that every single year we get to conclude our conference with our church family. You know, it is so amazing that we get to be in a church that loves, values, and believes in our young people. Yes, and you guys are going to be seeing a lot of our youth a part of today's service. So, if the music is too loud, or you see some of the youth dressed a little weird, or if there are some teenagers that will not be quiet during the service, feel free to email cwhite at thebridgechurch.tv. He will be very quick to respond to your emails. Or he may not even respond, but that's not my problem. That's Pastor Corey's. <laughs> but, you know, in all seriousness, God has done some amazing things in some young people's lives this weekend. We are so, so, so excited for that to spill over into our services today. Yes, and with that being said, let's watch together a summer weekend recap video. For something 
Amen. How many of you know that there's nothing better than knowing our God, not just knowing about him, but knowing him personally for ourselves? There's nothing in the whole world better than knowing the love of Christ. You know, this morning we're really excited because this has been Bridge Youth Summer Weekend. That's concluding this morning. There's a lot of excitement in the air, a lot of enthusiasm and energy in this place today. And we're excited about all that God has. But, you know, right here in this moment, we recognize that maybe you came into this place today with a heavy heart. Maybe there's something that's going on in your life that seems difficult right now. Maybe when you look ahead and trying to be excited about what's in front of you, you can't seem to get over that thing that might have happened yesterday that's kind of holding you back right now. I believe with all of my heart that in the midst of what we have planned today, that God wants to speak to some people. He wants to encourage some people and that he wants to show us today that he's with us, that he's for us. And no matter what might be against us, if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Hey, all over this place right now, can we just find a way, maybe whatever's most comfortable for you, maybe you want to lift your hands, you want to close your eyes, whatever that looks like for you, would you just take a moment right now, just open your life. Just open up your heart to God today. Just invite him to come in to speak to you today because I believe that if we will seek him, we will find him, all right? Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. God, we worship you and we praise you today for who you are. We recognize that you have done great things and just like the psalmist said, we will not forget your benefits, the works of your hands. But today, God, we lift you up because you are God and forever you will reign. If you are for us, we know it does not matter what might be against us. God, in the time that we have today, we pray that you would speak to us. We pray, God, that you would meet people right where they're at. God, I pray that people who came here seeking you would find you. I pray that people who are going through difficulties, God, would find your healing power, your resurrection power available to them wherever they might be. God, be praised and honored and glorified on everything that's said and done in this place today. We give it to you in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. Come on, let's give our God a big hand clap of praise one more time this morning. Awesome. So good to see you this morning. We have some fun stuff planned for service today, but first and foremost, we want you to know that we are so happy that you are here today. Welcome to the bridge, especially if this is your first time. We just want to put our hands together right now and welcome all of our first-time guests to church today. Thank you so much for being here. Our service might be a little bit different today because it's Bridge Youth Summer Weekend, but we are believing God's going to meet you just the same right where you're at. So before you're seated this morning, turn around and say hi to somebody. Let them know how good they look. Let them know how happy you are to see them. Make a friend this morning before you are seated in church. Bridge family and welcome to Summer Weekend at the Bridge. We are so excited to spend the day with you and with your family. We've had a great weekend here with all of our junior high and high school students and God has been doing some amazing, amazing things. We'll be sharing more about Summer Weekend throughout the service. But first we want to give you a look at what else is coming up. So let's check out church news and see what's going on at the Bridge.
People ask all the time, how can I get plugged in here and make the bridge my home church? And the answer to that question is simple. If you are new to the church or looking to get connected, your first step is Connecting Point. Connecting Point is where you go to learn more about the church and find out what we value. But more importantly, it's where you go to find out where you fit in. The next Connecting Point is happening two weeks from today on Sunday, July 11th during the 1130 service. And if you'd like to join us, we just ask that you register by going to our website or the Bridge app. This will help us plan for you if you plan to come. And if you have kids, Bridge Kids will be happening during that service to serve your family. We look forward to meeting you and helping you get plugged in here at the Bridge. We will see you in two weeks on July 11th at Connecting Point. Next Sunday is the 4th of July, and we are excited to celebrate our freedom together as a church family. Join us for the 4th at the Bridge, where we will have one Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. Then, immediately following the service, we will be celebrating with great food and desserts from the Big Show Barbecue Truck, Rivera's Deli and Dogs, Polo's Tacos, the Woodfire Pizza Wagon, and Kona Ice, along with churros and funnel cakes. We will also have bounce houses and games, as well as live music from the Canaan Road Band. This event will last from 11.15 to approximately 2 p.m., and we want you to join us. So be here next Sunday at 10 a.m. as we thank God and celebrate our freedom on the 4th at the Bridge. Our community care program will be closed next Sunday in observance of the 4th of July holiday. Please be sure to spread the word if you or anyone you know receives from community care regularly. We also want to take this opportunity to say thank you to our faithful team that distributes food every Sunday. We are so grateful for the effort that you put forth each week to serve the people of our community. God bless you. We hope that you have a wonderful 4th of July. If you're new to The Bridge, we want to meet you and help you find your place in this church. So stop by the Info Center after the service and say hi to our team. They're here to help you and answer any question that you might have about the church. You can also stay informed about everything happening in church life by downloading The Bridge app. Just go to the App Store and search The Bridge Church Marietta. For more general info, check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning, and we hope that you enjoy your time in church with us. Have an awesome Sunday. Awesome. So good to see you in church this morning. Again, we're thankful that you're here. If you are new to the church, I know that we wanted to take a moment earlier to welcome you today, but if you just want to stop by the info center after service today, say hi to our team. They would love to meet you and help you get more plugged in, answer any questions that you might have about the church. Above all else, we just want you to have a good time today, meet some of the great people that that make the bridge what it is, and hopefully you can find your place here in this church family. We're going to jump into God's Word here in just a moment, and I'm going to be introducing our speaker here in a second, but a couple other things I want to tell you about that correlate with what we said in church news. Everybody knows that next Sunday is the 4th of July. We're very, very excited about the 4th at the bridge. You might have plans for the afternoon and for the evening, but we just want to encourage you, be here next Sunday morning at 10 a.m., one service at 10 a.m., and then we have a big extravaganza plan for afterwards that'll last until about 2 p.m., and a couple things to know about that. We have a lot of food vendors coming next week, so make your plans to join us for lunch right after service. We have barbecue truck, pizza truck, we have tacos coming, we have, I'm probably going to miss some other things, um, uh, hot 
hot dogs and sandwiches. We have funnel cakes, churros, Kona ice. It's going to be an awesome, awesome day. Canaan Road Band is going to be here playing throughout our, our time of celebration. So it's going to be a really good time. And I just want to encourage you to make your plans to be here. And then you have the rest of the afternoon to hang out with your friends and family, whatever that might look like for you. One of the questions people have been asking is, hey, if we plan to come and eat after service next week, are there gluten-free and dairy-free options for people that, who, who need those options? We want you to know that, yes, there are multiple gluten-free, dairy-free options from multiple vendors, okay? So don't worry about that. We got you covered. It's going to be a really good time, so we hope that you will be here next Sunday at 10 a.m. And then one other thing that I want to tell you about very, very quickly is our Back to School Bash is coming up here in just a few weeks at the beginning of August, on the first Saturday of August. And every year at Back to School Bash, one of the things that we do besides handing out free backpacks filled with school supplies to students whose families are facing financial hardship, we also give away gently used clothing to students who need it. And because we have not been distributing clothing over the last uh, few months, really over the last year, we have a very small amount of clothing right now to give away. So we are going to do a one-time clothing drive two weeks from today, okay? So two weeks from today. Everybody say two weeks from today. Clothing drive here at the bridge. And here's how this is going to work. You just got to bring that cl those clothes with you. If you want to put them in some big bags, you just put them at the bumper, or the rear bumper of your car. Leave them right there in the parking lot. And our team will come around and collect them during the service from you. But here's the thing. This is for students. So we want to give everybody the opportunity to give or donate gently used school clothing for school-age kids. School-age kids. Let me say this one more time. School-age kids. That means that those maternity pants, Mom, that you don't need anymore, please, please don't bring them. If you have those suspenders that Grandpa gave your husband, Leave them in the closet or just give them to Goodwill or something because school-age kids aren't going to need them, okay? So please, school-age kids. And we also recognize that there are many adults you might have clothing that, that a junior high or high school student would wear. And you're welcome to bring that and donate it. But please remember, this is gently used clothing, something that you feel happy to donate to somebody else so that they can wear and it can be a blessing to them, all right? So that's two weeks from today. And another detail I should add is no shoes. Please, no shoes. We will not be distributing shoes or receiving and collecting shoes this year. So, clothing for school-age kids. All right, everybody got that? Cool. Two weeks from today, let's be a blessing to the people in our community. Amen? Awesome. Well, hey, this morning, like we said, this is the conclusion of Bridge Youth Summer Weekend. And I have the honor, it really is an honor, to get to introduce our speaker today. He's not new around here. He's not a guest. Everybody knows him and familiar with him, but I'm just going to brag on him for a minute because I tell people this all the time. We, Ashley and I have a lot of friends here in the church who's kids have yet to get into youth, and some of them are starting to approach junior high age, and when we talk about youth, it's amazing how parents will just feel so uncertain about like, wow, my kids are going into junior high, and this is a crazy world that we're living in, and when they think about the idea of their students going into youth and being around older teenagers, sometimes that can, you know, be a little bit uneasy, but Ashley and I tell people all the time, hey, don't worry, we got the best youth pastor in the whole wide world, and when I say that, I mean it with all my heart, because I think Corey and Amber are the very best. They're the very best, and I mean that with all my heart. So this morning, would you show him some love and give a big, big hand to our youth pastor, Pastor Corey White, as he comes to share today. Love you, dude. Hey, hey, good morning, Bridge Church. How are we feeling this morning? Everybody good? You excuse my t-shirt. Uh, it is a part of the conference. I would typically be in a button-up, a blazer, a full suit, or something like that on a Sunday morning. But uh, so excited to get to preach God's word to you this morning at the conclusion of our youth conference summer weekend. And so if you got a Bible, go to Matthew chapter 6. 
Matthew in chapter 6. If you're new to reading the Bible, that's the first book in the New Testament. If you're like, what's a New Testament? There's an old and a new. Go to the second half of the Bible. It's the first book in the New Testament. If you hit Luke or John or Acts or any uh, revelation, you've gone way too far. There's no shame in the table of contents. Um, For anyone who maybe doesn't know me, my name is Corey. I'm the youth pastor here. I've had the privilege and the honor to serve as your youth pastor for the past five years, uh, about five and a half years now. I used to think that when when people would say, man, time just flies. I used to think that that was something that just old people said. (laughs) and then I graduated high school, and then I got married, and then we started doing ministry, and it's like I blinked, and I was 32, and and then I blinked again, and I had gray hair, and I just blame the gray hairs on the youth ministry and the students, but um, hey, if you're watching online, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for allowing us to be there in your home. Excited this morning to get to chat with you guys around God's Word, but I just wanted to say before we hop into God's Word, can I just uh, take a moment and say thank you? Thank you for being a church that believes in young people. Thank you for being a church that believes in the next generation. And thank you for being a church that not just says, let's be a multi-generational church. But when, they, when you say that, you mean it. And if you look around the Bridge Church, you will often see young people incorporated in every single aspect of ministry. And I love that about our church. We really, really kind of pushed for our students to be um, at the 11:30 service because Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. But to rise a teenager out of bed before 10 a.m.—that's a whole nother level of a miracle. Um, so there'll be a lot more of our young people in the in the second service. But man, I love seeing young people in part of every single part of the church. So thank you for being a church that believes in young people. We love you. We appreciate you. We back you. On behalf of our entire staff and especially our youth team, we say thank you. Man, this weekend, summer weekend was incredible. Um, just bumped into one of the guys back in the office and he said, hey, how, how'd the weekend go? And I immediately, respond to with, I, I immediately responded to him with, I really, like, we couldn't have asked for more. Like, God showed up in such an amazing way. Uh, We had nearly 400 teenagers show up over the weekend. Y'all thought two teenagers in your house was stressful? (laughs) You got nothing on us, okay? (laughs) Nearly 400 teenagers showed up. Um, and, and God's presence was there. He did amazing things. But here's the really, really, really cool part. Over 50 teenagers gave their life to Jesus this weekend. Man, so amazing. So amazing. And so now we just, we, we get to allow all of that to overflow into this morning. But this morning is not just the conclusion of our youth conference summer weekend. It's also the conclusion of a series that we have been in all the way through the month of June, a series entitled Kingdom Over Everything. Now you understand why I'm wearing a t-shirt on the platform today. Uh, we've, been, we've been speaking about this topic, Kingdom Over Everything everything. And, and I don't know about you, but if ever there's a topic that young people need to hear about in this day and age, it's the topic of kingdom over everything. Because here's the thing, whether you're young or you're uh, like what our pastor always says, he's middle-aged. Um, it, man, this last few years has really kind of drawn a line in the sand where I really believe that amongst the people of God, that the days of living complacent are over. 
like the days of, of, of kind of casual Christianity have become a thing of the past. There's been this sort of line drawn in the sand where it's like the days of playing church are no more. And I just really believe, man, I've had this thing like burning in my heart for for months and months and really for years now. I've been telling our students there is no... There is no series I've ever preached in the 12 years that I've been preaching and I've been pastoring. I've been in ministry full time for the past 12 years. That's right. I became a pastor at 12 years old. Um, (laughs) But for 12 years, there's no one series that has slow cooked in my heart longer than this one. Um, Any any moms, grandmas in the room, uh, any any of you guys cook out of a crock pot? dad's dad's barbecue and it's delicious but when you like cook out of a crock pot for like 47 hours um (laughs) it's what you what you then partake of is next level because some things just have to slow cook this is a series that had slow cooked in my heart since literally I was a teenager since before I even knew that God would call me to pastor and preach. This series had been cooking in my heart. A series entitled Kingdom Over Everything. And so um, really, really quick background of this series. In week one, we talked about kingdom over everyone. And we learned about um, how to live that way from the life of Mother Mary, the mother of Jesus. Week two, we talked about kingdom over me. And we talked about the rich young ruler. In week three of the series, we talked about kingdom living essentials. What's essential to live kingdom over everything? And we looked at the life of Elijah. On uh, Friday night, our guest speaker, Pastor Elliot Bland from La Palma Christian Center, uh, he talked about kingdom identity and how we find our identity not in the world and not in the labels people put on us, but we find our our identity in the kingdom. And our uh, speaker from Saturday night, Pastor Christian, he talked about kingdom culture. And there's a culture in the kingdom. And this morning, I want to speak to you about kingdom over my past, present, and future. I have, um, I always try to do this whenever I preach. Um, I have what's called a sermon in a sentence. Because I preach to teenagers, okay? Anybody, it doesn't even matter if they're teenagers. Anybody have kids? Who in the room, you have kids, you have grandkids? Awesome. You're going to completely understand why I do this because kids have the attention span of a goldfish. So this is basically the, hey, if you, parents know this, if you hear nothing else, hear this. If you leave with nothing else, leave with this. This morning, if you leave with nothing else, if you hear nothing else, if you block out everything I say because I am wearing a t-shirt on the platform on a Sunday, hear nothing else but hear this and walk away with this. Here's your sermon in a sentence this morning. A kingdom over everything life brings hope to your future. Somebody say amen. Amen. It brings purpose to your past and it brings peace to your future present. I'll say it one more time. Kingdom over everything life. It'll bring hope to your future, purpose to your past, and peace to your present. Does anybody in here just say, I can use some of that this morning? Amen. People online are like, absolutely, I need all of it. Hey, uh, we're going to read from the the Gospel of Matthew this morning, chapter 6. 
I do, again, you'll have to excuse me for preaching like a youth pastor. I am a youth pastor. Uh, but one of the things that we do in Bridge Youth, because I believe that we should teach our young people the value of the Word of God, is that we stand when we read the Word of God. It's just our way of saying people have died so that we could have this Bible in our hands. And so we just want to honor that. And so if that, is that cool with you guys? If you're willing, if you're able, would you just stand to your feet in the honor of the reading of God's Word. We are going to read Matthew chapter 6, verse number 25 to verse number 34, a whopping nine verses. So if you missed your daily Bible reading today, I got you covered. Here's what it says, Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 25. It says, that is why I tell you not to worry. Somebody say not. Not, not to worry about everyday life, whether you'll have enough food and uh, drink uh, or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? In your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable than him? Uh, to, aren't you far more valuable than him uh, than they are? Can all your worries, somebody say all. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. Really quick, what is the worst thing that you could say to somebody who's worrying? Don't worry. <laughs> Jesus hits them with, don't worry. Don't worry about these, these, these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And here it is. Here is the key verse, the verse that this entire series rests on, stands on, and what I believe is really the word of the Lord for us this morning. Verse 33 of Matthew chapter 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else, kingdom over everything, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Before you're seated, let's pray a very long and spiritual prayer. God, speak to us this morning. Please, God, help your football team, the Las Vegas Raiders, next year. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Grab a seat. We need it, you guys. Don't get mad at me for praying for my football team. Lord, we need it. <laughs> um, are you the type of person that, that tends to worry a lot? Um, Someone <laughs> over here said, yes. Why? Because I have teenagers, and they have the internet. That's why. <laughs> like, like, are you the type of person that tends to worry a lot? Like, uh, the type of person that, that you are, you planned out a full hour to get to your destination, but it only takes 30 minutes, and then you hit a red light, and you're worried, we're going to be late. <laughs> you're not going to be late. It's going to be fine. My, my wife tends to be such a worrier. I don't worry about, like, anything. It's actually, like, I think there might be something a little wrong with me. It's like, we got in a car accident, and I was like, hey, babe, high five. We're walking. We're not just walking away. We're driving away. She is crying, like, oh, my gosh, I'm not giving you a high five. Are you crazy? Like, that's just kind of how I'm built. But there was this one moment where, like, this sense of worry just fell on my shoulders like a 1,000 pounds. And it was 
the first night that Amber and I, uh, we were married and we moved into our home. We, we went to San Diego, we had our honeymoon, all of that, no problem. We're in a hotel that has security and all of this. But then we go back home to, um, to Lake Elsinore, not the good side of the lake, the other side of the lake where we were living at the time. And, and, and we're settling down and we get to bed and I'm like, wait. I'm the man of the house now. And I'm like, wait. If somebody breaks into the house, I'm the last line of defense for my wife. How many people say, I wish I, 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 would, I, I want a bigger, stronger, more manly last line of defense? I'm like, so you know what I did? I, I start getting worried. I start thinking, if somebody breaks in, like, what do I do? Like I'm, like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I will just, like, scrutinize the person and, like, I don't know, make fun of them or so I'll use my words. I, like, not, like, I don't like physical altercation. Like, what am I going to do? Like, so I'm, like, so worried about this. I literally go and I find my baseball bat and I plant it next to my bed in case somebody breaks in. I'm, like, finding things around the house and strategically hiding them. So if somebody gets into any one of the entrances, I'm like ready to protect my newlywed bride. And this worry fell on me. All, and that's literally like, the, the, like what I went to bed with. Like I went to sleep with that on my mind. All the while, I had no clue that there was a whole different level of worry on my wife's heart. Not that I'm her last line of defense because she had so much confidence in that, but rather she was like, I want to be like, I want to be the best wife ever. She was the one that's like, I am going to get the wife of the year award. And so, 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 so my wife of like seven days at this point, it's like, I'm going to make it a point. I will wake up every morning and I'm going to cook my husband a breakfast every morning. That was the last morning that she did that, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and so she wakes up early, she goes into the kitchen, and I do kind of need to give you like just a geographical layout, an architectural layout of our, our, our house at the time, because it, it has some, it bears some consequence to the story. So imagine like this is the bedroom, I come out of the bedroom, my living room's right there, there's a little like kind of dining room area right here, and sort of like up and around the corner of this wall, that's the kitchen. Well, if you went through the kitchen and you turned left, this was where our washer and dryer was, and then there was a back door right there. So there's a back door that way, and I would come out of the room this way, right? He, I, I wake up to, like, at an ungodly hour of, like, 9.45 a.m., <laughs> and, and I wake up to my wife screaming at the top of her lungs, like one of those, like somebody is dying screaming. And I jump out of bed. I burst through the door. I forgot the baseball bat, you guys. I planted a baseball bat right there. I forgot it. Burst out the door. I like run around the corner. Just like, I know this is a little much for church. I'm in nothing but my underpants. And I'm like uh, thinking I'm about to fight somebody in my underpants. Like what's going on? I round the corner because she's like right here looking towards the back door with fear in her face. I'm like, somebody broke in. They're at the back door. And I come around the corner, underpants and just fist clenched, like ready to fight somebody. And I'm like relieved to see there's nobody in my house. The stove is just on fire. 
I'm like, oh my gosh. Amber says one thing to me, don't throw water on it. A lot of you just got that, and some of you didn't. There was a grease fire that had happened as my wife was cooking bacon, and what's the one thing that you don't do with a grease fire? You don't throw water on it. There was this fire that starts happening, my wife's like, ah! She gets water, and she throws it on there, and the flames shoot to the roof. <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, and she's like, don't throw water on it. I'm like, of course you don't throw water on it. Like, my mom taught me that when I was like 10 years old. My mom, my mom cooked all the time, and she taught me, that was like one of the things she taught me, okay? And I think to myself, because I don't know, like, I, I typically don't really panic in moments. I was just like, oh, like, this pan is on fire. I will just grab the pan, walk out the back door, and set it on the sidewalk and let it burn out. So that's what I did. I grabbed it, I walked outside, my, my arm hair like burned off, and I just set it outside and I left it there. I walked back inside and my wife was like, yo, I was a hero that day. An absolute, I might as well have had a big S across my chest. I was a hero that day. Do you tend to be somebody that worries a lot? Whether it's like a husband, how will I protect my wife? Or a wife, I want to be the wife of the year. And you tend to worry often. If you're taking notes, you're going to get a fast pass into heaven when you get there. Everyone else will have to wait like a millennium or something like that. It's not. Just pastors love people, every people, just not equally. We love note takers a little bit more, okay? <laughs> Write this down. Kingdom over the future, I fear. Kingdom over the future, I fear. Man, there, there's so much fear over the unpredictable future that lays in front of us. Those of you who are parents know this well. Many of you, uh, as I started talking about being a new husband, some of you remember when you were a, a new husband. Some of you are new husbands. You're like, wow, there's this sort of fear and worry that I now have to, have to uh, lead and provide for and be there for my family. Many of, of you mothers know what it's like to, to have this sort of fear of like, man, like these, like, 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 like I have to raise these kids. And for many of you who are maybe a single mother, you're like, I have to raise these kids alone. Some single fathers who are like, I, I have so fear because I, I read the statistics and, 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 and none of them are good for the situation that I'm in. And then the, the future can bring so much fear. But I love what Jesus said in verse number 34. He says, so don't worry about tomorrow. What's the worst thing you can say to someone who's worrying? And he says, don't worry for tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Don't worry about tomorrow. Life has so many worries. I have, we had nearly 400 teenagers. We, right now, I would, I would confidently say that we have somewhere um, around just over 300 teenagers that call Bridge Youth home. And this is what keeps me up at night. Because <laughs> I see how some of these girls be dressing when they come to youth. I'm like, oh gosh, I... I look forward to the day that I have a daughter and she tries to walk outside dressed like that so I could tell her, get back to your room and put your Barbie doll clothes back on your Barbie doll and put on some human clothes before dad flips out on you. I, I, worry, I worry because um, our boys who are athletes come to church and they tell me about the conversations that happen in the locker rooms and they're like, I don't know how to remove myself from some of those conversations. I worry because culture tells our young people what they're supposed to look like and act like and talk like in order to have validity. 
There's so much worry as we look forward to the future. There's even that fear that can set in as we look forward to the future. And Jesus said, don't worry. Um, any, any guys in the room, maybe some ladies as well, but girls tend to be, uh, what's that word? Uh, smarter than guys most of the time. Um, any guys in the room watch ESPN Classics? Anybody watch ESPN Classics? <laughs> this, this, no ladies are raising their hand because like ESPN Classics, like what is that? It's like that's when you watch um, sports games that have already happened. <laughs> See, the ladies in the room like, why would you watch the game if you know the outcome already? Like, doesn't that defeat the whole purpose of watching a sports game? You know the outcome, right? You know what's interesting? You'll never, watch some, you'll never watch somebody watch ESPN Classics and then get worried. Right? You, don't watch, you don't watch Michael Jordan playing in some of his first games and get worried like, oh man, like, oh, don't know if this guy's going to cut it in the league. <laughs> like you, you go watch uh, uh, my all-time favorite athlete uh, growing up, Kobe Bryant. You go watch the first couple shots he took, airball, airball, airball. You don't go watch those air balls and go, oh man, Kobe, we should probably trade him, get him off the Lakers. Like, no, you don't get worried about it. You don't go watch a game that's already happened. You don't watch ESPN Classics and get worried. Why? Because you know the outcome. See, some of you already know where I'm going with this. <laughs> we know the outcome. This is why Jesus could so confidently say, don't worry. Like we have, we have the end of the story. We know we win. Jesus comes back. He's on his way. Your needs will be met. God cares for you and will provide every need. So just like you don't have to watch ESPN Classics and get stressed out, just know we have the end of the story and it's a good ending in our favor where God will come through. Sometimes I feel like, how, how must we look when we're worried about a story that we have the ending to. When you know the end of the story, you don't have to stress. The end is this. Seek first, God will give you all you need. There's the end. Here's the beginning. Seek first, the end. God will give you all you need. We have the ending right there. Fear often is assuming the worst, while faith is often assuming the best. Have you ever noticed how everybody assumes the worst lately? Not us as people of God. We can assume the best. We can assume the best. One of the things we kind of have to do, though, is just uh, real quick, just a little side note. Um, let's stop looking at God as the God of our problem solving. No, kingdom over our problems, and, and God's kind of just too smart to solve all of our problems anyways, because then he knows that maybe we wouldn't lean on him and depend on him, but that's just a side note. But this is why I don't turn on the news or go on social media first thing in the morning. <laughs> If you, if you wake up, grab a coffee, and turn on the news, for the love of God, stop letting that be your daily, like, routine. Seek first. And I do not, I do not open social media first thing in the morning. Why, Pastor Corey? Because I'm a youth pastor, and I follow some of our students on social media, and I don't need that kind of stress at whenever it is that I wake up. That's my business, not yours. <laughs> I seek first. Man, the verse of the day today is nothing really to do with my message. But I open my Bible out this morning. Often the first thing I do, I open, I just go read the verse of the day. It was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I'm like, oh yeah, so like kingdom over everything. How fitting. Seek first. How different 
might we see the future if we seek first. My next point this morning, if you're taking notes, write this down. We're going to move pretty quickly, so track with me. Kingdom over the future I fear, but also kingdom over the past that haunts me. Kingdom over the past that haunts me. JJ Kai, would you come help me out real quick? Um, You probably noticed two things. Number one, there's a bench press on stage right here. Number two, I am swole as can be. <laughs> I actually don't, I, I, like, I, I play a lot of basketball, but I do not lift weights. I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to lifting weights. Because <laughs> every time I do, I get all sore and I break out in a sweat. I feel feverish, lightheaded often. But this morning, uh, Kingdom over the future I fear, kingdom over the past that haunts me. JJ and Kai, they actually play a pretty important representation to this role. Kingdom over the future I fear, the bills that I have to pay. Uh, Kingdom over the the college that I'm going to go to. Kingdom over my raising my kids and I don't know how it's going to turn out. Kingdom over my mother-in-law. Kingdom over over the mistake that I made 10 years ago. Kingdom over the family that I grew up in. But often what will happen is, pray for me, saints. <laughs> uh, these things will come and they will, all of a sudden, fear of the future, and, Kai, are you supposed to line up your fingers to those little groove things? I don't do this often. All of a sudden, the weight of the future and the fears and the, do you break your wrist or don't break your wrist? I'm new to this. The fear of your future and the fear of the past that haunts you can quickly, you're like, oh no, yeah, I got this. Totally. Praise God, you guys, that was a miracle in and of itself. Come on. Oh no, I got this. Definitely. The future ah, looks pretty good. Not that bad. Wait, is that really what my car payment is? Hold up, you need how much for a down payment on a house? How much is college tuition for these kids? I have four kids. Uh, Okay, but I got this. But wait, I grew up in that family. Maybe I don't got this. Boys, you're you're not supposed to help me, all right? But you know what you can do when you... You can call for help. Help! Come help me. There is somebody called the advocate that Jesus said... I will send a helper. Helper, turn to the crowd and just give them a good look. Guys, this is Justin. Whoa, wait, look at the crowd again. One more time, Justin, I got this. Justin just exited the eighth grade. I'm not kidding. And Justin is going to represent the Holy Spirit today. And when you're, oh, I can't, I can't oh, wait, I guess I can't. Oh man, this is tough and, and it's so heavy, but oh, look at that. Like, it seems like the bar is getting lighter and lighter and, wait, lighter and lighter. And I think I'm just going to sit here and take a nap. Eighth grade, you guys, eighth grade. What are they feeding these kids? Hey, come on, can we give it up for our guys helping me with that? Doesn't you can grab a seat, Holy Spirit? The boys are going to grab that from you. Eighth grade. You know what's so crazy to me though? How many of us will be looking like that macho guy in the gym that's like, I could definitely bench 8,000 pounds, like throw every plate on the bar, and that thing slams into their chest, and they refuse to ask for help. 
Like how goofy do they look? How goofy must we as believers look when we have the Holy Spirit right there, ready to help? (laughs) Did you know my nickname is The Helper? Azer is the word in the original language. And we're over here trying to hold that weight up on ourselves. The weight of the future is just too big. Like, it's too strong. I know. I know, macho man, dad, you got it all. You can fix everything. You go and you pop the hood and you go, yeah, you do what I do. Yep, that's the engine. <laughs> you can't fix it. You think, hey, if you can't fix the car, some of you can. I can't. I'm a 21st century man. You can't fix the car. What makes you think you could fix the, 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 the family that you have in front of you that's broken? You can't. But God can come and help you do it. The Holy Spirit can enter your situation as you're all of a sudden so fearful of the future. Or you look over your shoulder at the past that haunts you. Can I encourage you with something this morning, church? Call for help. It's crazy how much the past can really become, we call it Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Lord, what does the Lord do? He lords. He tells you, oh, turn left, turn right. He directs your life, right? How many of our lives are directed by our past? By that mistake that you made 10 years ago. By that thing that you said five years ago, by what you used to struggle with. I I love this though, the key verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and he will give you everything you need. Wait, there's a key, key part in the middle of there. Seek first the kingdom of God. This version says, and live righteously. Another version says, and his righteousness. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It didn't say your righteousness. It didn't say the person who's sitting next to your righteousness. Look at them and say, not yours. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, not yours. Look at your other neighbor, the one that you chose second. <laughs> Tell them, definitely not yours. <laughs> Why is this so important? Why do we seek his righteousness? Here's the ama- our righteousness, performance-based. His righteousness is not based on us, it's placed on us. And this is why your history doesn't have to determine your destiny. This is why the past that weighs on you doesn't have to weigh on you. When you call for help, the Holy Spirit comes and lifts that thing off of you. You guys thought that was lifted? I am sore right now. I can literally feel it, you guys. I'm ashamed to admit that. But thank God for eighth graders that can help you lift weights that you can't carry. But your past doesn't have to define you. Who you were doesn't have to determine who you're going to be. What you've done doesn't have to determine what you're going to do because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone, someone say anyone, if anyone, look at the neighbor you chose second and tell them, even you, (laughs) if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Maybe it's not a mistake for you, the past that haunts you. Maybe it's just this feeling of overwhelming insufficiency because maybe you, like me, didn't grow up in the right family. Maybe you, like me, grew up in a single-parent household for a long time and your dad was out of the picture. Maybe you, like me, grew up in a house where you played what was called the candle game because sometimes your parents didn't have the money to pay the electric bill and the lights would go out. Maybe you, like me, later on in life started reading all the statistics about how a kid who grew up with a biological father in prison should also end up there as well. All those things aside, Maybe you have something like me where I grew up with a speech impediment and then God called me to be a preacher. (laughs) 
Like, if you think God doesn't have a sense of humor, just look at my life. Your past does not have to haunt you when you have a helper. When the, when the strength of, of the Holy Spirit can fill you at any moment, you just have to call for it. You just have to ask for it. God loves to use broken, messy, ordinary people. Don't let your past hold you back. Because one of the craziest things to me, man, is that people think that because of their past that God can't use them. That is a lie. It's a lie, an absolute lie. Don't believe it. Maybe hurt, pain, or loss is the thing that haunts you from your past. Can I just tell you, God can restore. The Holy Spirit, he's a helper, but he's also a healer. And some of you have walked through some horribly difficult situations. Some of you recently. Call for the helper. Call for the healer. He'll give you strength. He'll give you restoration. And he will walk with you every step of the way. Because he can bring purpose from your past. Amen? As our keyboardist comes out and just helps me sound a a little bit more spiritual. Um, Number three, kingdom over what I feel right now. Young people today, um, the world tells them, the world tells them, uh, follow your heart. That's horrible advice. The Bible, your heart is wicked. The world, follow your heart. Wait, what? (laughs) The the world says, hey, um, follow your heart. Like Disney movies, right? Because that's so great. Because Princess Jasmine followed her heart and she ended up 10,000 feet off of the ground with a complete stranger who was an imposter who was lying to her on a flying rug and that guy's best friend was a monkey. (laughs) Like, don't follow your heart. (laughs) Kingdom over the, what, what, what I feel right now. Um, guys, if you could come back up, my bench is gone. Bring, bring my bench back real quick if you guys can come back up. Holy Spirit, I'm going to need you one, one more time. You could go ahead and come right back up. Uh, kingdom over what I feel right now. Because maybe you're feeling anxiety, depression. Maybe what you've been feeling a lot lately is, um, is, is apathy. Isn't it so weird how heavy nothing can be? Because some people, you're like, oh, I, I don't know. I just feel nothing. Isn't it crazy how heavy nothing can be? Well, what will happen is, you guys did that so much smoother than I, than I thought you would, is that anxiety, JJ, stop showing off, man. Anxiety, depression, fear, apathy, anger, resentment, it'll so quickly become a weight on you. I'm already sore, guys. Please actually pray for me this time. And quickly, you won't even get one rep. And oh, I can't, I can't. Wait, wait a second. Wait, let me try to do it by myself. I can't do it. Help me. Wait. I can't do it. Yep. Okay, help me again. Yeah. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit will come and he'll take the bar from you. Don't take it from me. And sometimes he'll help you lift it. Because sometimes he'll take you out and rescue you. And sometimes he'll give you the strength to stay in the fight. Okay, you can take it from me now before I drop it on myself. Hey, one more time. Can you give it up for our guys helping us with this illustration? 
Um, I read this. I read this quote uh, ashamedly on Pinterest. <laughs> it's that sometimes God calms the storm, and sometimes God lets the storm rage, and He calms His child. I've kind of noticed with emotions and what I feel, often God won't come and just snatch that and take it, but instead he'll come and strengthen me to endure through it. This morning, if, you, if you're just overwhelmed by some of the things you're feeling right now, call for that help. And I don't know, maybe, maybe he will. Maybe you're dealing with depression and he'll just come and like an incredible hulk of an eighth grader, just swoop that thing up and heal you, deliver you, and take it from you. Or maybe he will just come and give you supernatural strength and peace to walk through it. How do I, how do I live kingdom over everything? How do I live kingdom over what I feel right now? Realize this. What you're feeling right now, it's for now. It's not forever. So you got to see things how God sees them. They're not for now, they're forever. Uh, we have this amazing tech team who does like lights and cameras and graphics and LED screens and all this cool stuff, helps people online see everything. And they kind of see things that we don't. And what you have right now is this angle, right? But they could immediately like switch up to some other angle over here. And now all of a sudden, like we have this whole other different perspective, they could switch, There's, where's, where's another angle? There's another angle uh, over here that they can switch to, and all of a sudden, are we at, we're here, and then they can switch here. Hey, guys. And you see things from a completely different angle. It makes me think about the moment when this one guy ran to his master. He's like, hey, oh my gosh, there's an army surrounding us. And he's like, well, go look again. He's like, oh, yeah, they're still there. He's like, go look again. He's like, yeah, they're still there. And then he goes, hey, God, show him what you see. And he goes and he looks back. He's like, whoa. There's an army surrounding the army that's surrounding us. Sometimes to get past what you're feeling right now, you just have to see things the way that God sees them. And whatever's surrounding you, God's already sent an army to surround it. So kingdom over what you feel right now. How do I live that way? Just make what Jesus did for you bigger than what they did to you. Because you can make it. You can get through it. You can move forward. And God will strengthen you. So kingdom over what I feel right now. A kingdom life, kingdom over everything, it'll bring hope to your future, purpose to your past, and peace to your present. So I close all of this down, and I literally only say that because 70% of your audience re-engages at the word conclusion or closing. Um, I'll tell you a story about the scariest phone call I've ever received in my life. My wife called me and she said, I'm on, on my way to the emergency room. She was working in Ranch Cucamonga at the time. I was pastoring in, in Lake Elsinore. And she said, I'm on my way to the emergency room right now. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. But I think I'm dying. And over the phone, she began to just say her goodbyes to me. She said, my mom's already on her way to the hospital. And I, I go, I hop, on, I hop in the car. I start driving out. And she gets there and... Um, when she was at the hospital, they said, man, your, your heart rate was like through the roof. All these things, it was a series of events and everything. And ultimately what they ended up saying is, you have what, what we call medically diagnosed 
anxiety. And that started us on this journey that we had to walk through. And mo- more often than not, in my life, my experience, someone's come and they've had something going on and we pray and God brings breakthrough. And it's like awesome. And then we prayed and then God didn't really bring breakthrough. God didn't just heal her. We kept walking through it. And it was so crazy because in that season I felt so utterly helpless as a husband. So there's nothing I could do. In fact, I, I, I couldn't even understand it. I'm the guy who high fives after a car accident. The idea of a panic attack or anxiety is as foreign or alien to me as anything. So not only could I not help my wife, I couldn't even understand my wife. And so I had to take her and just put her in God's hands and say, before she was ever my wife, she was your daughter. And day one of marriage, I felt like such a hero, but then I felt so helpless. It's so crazy how quickly you go from hero to helpless. Some dads in the room, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You felt that. Some moms in the room, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But as I was prepping this message, God kind of spoke to me about some of what's been going on in this journey that we've walked through. And it's that maybe we were praying God heal her from this because of the fear of the future that we had. But all the while, God was using that to heal my wife from the past that haunts her. because her dad was also gone before she was born. Was never around. And pretty much every single guy in her family and in her life was gone. And so God said, here's an opportunity, man of God, husband of God that wants to be the hero and plant baseball bats next to his bed, to really step up and help be a critical part in my healing your wife from the past that haunts her. So I'm not going to get rid of what you're feeling right now, and I'm not going to just deliver from the fear, the fear that you, of your future, because I'm going to heal her from the past that haunts her first and show her, hey, here's somebody that's not going to leave. I'm not going to, God says, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to forsake, but neither is your husband. This morning, God just encourage you. A kingdom life can bring peace to your future. It can bring purpose from your past. And a kingdom life, if you put it over what you're feeling right now, I promise you, I promise you, God will meet you. Can we do this? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? I can't help but to think that in a space and place like this, that there's plenty of people who maybe have never chosen to live kingdom over everything. And maybe some of what we've talked about in fear of the future or a past that haunts you or maybe, maybe what you're feeling right now, even in this moment, you relate to that so much. And and in some ways you feel like your life is a storm that needs to be calmed. Do what Peter did in the middle of the storm and call on the Lord. 
give you an opportunity to do that right now. And if you're in this place and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never called for the helper, this is your moment, this is your time. And maybe you've walked away and you need to come back. This is your moment, this is your time. We're not gonna put anybody on the spot. We're not gonna, we're not gonna embarrass anybody. All we're gonna do is we're gonna pray together. And we're a family, so we pray together. Whether you're watching online or you're here in the building, pray together. And if that's you, just wrap your heart around these words. And the Bible is clear. God will meet you. He'll come into your heart and live there. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Would you just repeat these words right after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I will live for you. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we welcome people into God's family right now? Would you do me a favor? We're going to move into a moment of worship in just a second. But all of this place, would you just stand to your feet right there where you're at? Um... I've asked a few students to come and join me on stage because as a youth pastor, there's so many special moments, but there's no moment more special than one of your students come and pray for you. I remember the first time that this happened and we were at a summer camp and the speaker called students to go pray for their leaders and their pastors and having some young people gather around me instead of me praying over them, they prayed over me. And it was such this special, unique, and almost overwhelming moment. And I'll tell you this, I've had a handful of those moments over the years, and it never ceases to amaze me, the prayers that young people pray. But does it not make sense? Because did Jesus not say to have faith like a child? And so this morning, as we've talked about some heavy topics I get to pray for you all the time. Pastor Zach, Pastor Nick, our pastor, we get to pray over you all the time. I just thought it would be special and unique to have some of our young people pray over you. Is that okay with you, church? Standing to my, my right, your left, is, is Evander, who's going to pray over the future that we fear. And then there's Lily, who's going to pray over the past that haunts us. And then there's Faith, how suiting, who's going to pray over what we feel right now. Would you do this? Would you close your eyes? Would you just put your hands right out in front of you like you're going to receive something from God? Vander, would you lead us? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you now to thank you for who you are. We thank you for in times of fear and uncertainty that you were always with us. We ask this, that you continue to guide us through all of our new seasons of life to help us with moving into new homes, going back to school, through sicknesses, the loss of loved ones, and even needing a new job or not being able to pay the bills. I ask that you take away all the fear that lies in front of us and replace it with faith and courage, knowing that you will be by our sides through all of these things. Jesus, we ask this of you right now, and we thank you again that you are faithful. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen.
Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in this place, Lord Jesus. I pray specifically for the hearts that think they've done too much, much in their past to be loved by you, God. I pray you wrap us around the truth that the only one who can truly define us is you, Lord Jesus. Not what, our, not what people on social media say, not what our anxiety or, or depression tells us, Lord. You are the only one who can define us because you know our hearts. I pray you instill us in the truth that no matter how bad we think our past are, that they can be used for your good, God. That, you, that we find comfort in the fact that our past can be used to glorify you, Lord Jesus. Yes. Jesus, I know sometimes we don't know exactly um, what to say or what we're going through or how to put those into words, but I pray that you just see our hearts, God, and you see our intentions, Jesus. I thank you for our past because our past is what provides hope, God, and growth, Jesus. Amen. Lord, I just lift up every single person in this room to you, Father. Lord, I pray for whatever storm we all may be facing today, Lord, whether that's fear, anxiety, depression, or whatever storm is in front of us. Lord, no matter what the valley may hold, we know you never leave your people on their own. Lord, I pray for those who sit and wonder if you ever hear us speaking or how much longer you have to be in the storm. Lord, that when we feel this way, you would just remind us that you always hear your people and you will always come rescue us and that there are even blessings buried in the broken pieces. Father, I pray that we all just cling to your promises and you would just give us the strength we need to face these obstacles today. Lord, overwhelm us with peace and comfort and open our hearts to trusting your word more than our feelings. We give you all of the glory and all of the praise in Jesus' name. And God, right now, pray peace over those who need peace. God, we pray that those you have forgiven will forgive themselves and move into all that you have for them. We pray, God, that we will always put you above whatever it is that we feel as we live kingdom over everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a moment and worship him this morning. Thank you. 
saved at Village Church. I'm Lauren, and I got saved at Bridge Youth. My name's Samuel, and I got saved at Youth. My name's Masoma, and I got saved at the Bridge Church. My name is Van Edwards, and I got saved at the Bridge. My name's Milan, and I got saved at Bridge Youth. My name is Belle, and I got saved at the Bridge Church. I'm Emily, and I'm Camilo, and we got saved at the Bridge Church. And I got saved at Bridge Youth. And we, we got, got saved, saved at the, the bridge. bridge. And I was saved at the Bridge. And I was saved at the Bridge Church. And we, we were, were saved, saved at the bridge. bridge. I got saved at Bridge Youth. I got saved at the Bridge Church. I was saved at the Bridge Church. And I got saved at the Bridge Church. And we, we got, got saved at Bridge Youth. And that's why we do what we do. Amen? Hey, have you enjoyed service this morning? So good. Just while everybody's standing right now, if you're here this morning and you made a decision to follow Christ, we really want to help you in your walk with God. And our service is almost over. We're going to be done in just a couple minutes. But this is really important. If you made that decision today, we just want to help you start your journey of faith. And we have a free gift. It's called The Next Seven Days, something that we want to give you today to help you start your journey and your walk with God. There's a couple of different ways you can get it. If you're watching online, you can just click the link right there in your browser that you're watching from, and it'll take you to a place where we can communicate with you and send you the next seven days. If you are here in the room, you can walk up to one of our prayer teams. We'll be right over on the side walls down here on the floor after the service. Just walk up to one of those teams. Let them know you made a decision to follow Christ. They'll give you the book. We don't need anything from you. If you need special prayer, that's why our prayer teams are here. You can also stop by the next seven days desk. It's right between the glass doors before you exit the building. Just stop by. Let them know you made that decision. We're so, so thankful that you did. Hey, one more time. Can we just put our hands together and welcome people into God's family today? Awesome. Be seated for just one more moment. There's one final thing that we want to do in service today in closing. And this is the last thing we'll do in service, but in all reality, it's a first thing. It's by bringing our tithes and our offerings into God's house and just honoring him with our treasure. And when I say our treasure, we recognize that what we have is a gift from God. Everything that I have, I have because of God. He's been good to me. He asked us to be good stewards of what he gives to us. And so I want to first of all just say thank you so much for your generosity and your faithfulness and giving. You guys are an incredibly faithful church. And to get to be a part of a generous church is a cool thing because together we get to see the gospel go forth right here in the Temecula Valley and also through our partnerships in America and around the world. And we're so grateful for that. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity. We love to see people partnering with God and partnering with their church family in the ministry. If you'd like to give or contribute this morning, there's a few different ways that you can do that digitally that are on the screen and um, choose whatever is most convenient for you. If you want to give a physical gift, you can grab an envelope that's right there on the back of one of the seats in front of you and you can place it in one of our giving stations right before you exit this first set of exit doors. Um, There are giving stations on either side and there's also a giving station outside near our kids' check-in area. But one more time, I just want to say thank you for your giving and for your generosity. We know that God is generous and he he asks us to be generous as well. So thank you for responding and choosing to partner with him. And um, I think it's only right that we say, hey, Pastor Corey, well done this morning. Can we give it up for Pastor Corey today and the message that he brought? God is doing good things in Bridge Youth and Bridge Church. I'm so happy. I don't know about you. I'm grateful to be a part of a multi-generational church. We're not a young church. We're not an old church. We're an everybody church for all ages, for all stages, and all generations. And it is good to be a part of that. Hey, God bless you. We love you. Have a fantastic Sunday. We are stoked to see you next Sunday, the 4th at the bridge at 10 a.m. and hang out afterwards. God bless you. Have a great day.